Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jags Den Podcast, the official Jaguars podcast of the Jaguars Wire via USA Today. I am your host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. And as always, I am joined by our fearless leader, James Johnson. And we are in-house today. Jay, what's going on, buddy? What's good, everybody? Glad to be in Jacksonville. I got to catch a few training camp sessions, me and Phil in person. Uh, Though we got rained out of today's one, uh, which we'll talk about today. Uh, But still, nonetheless, got a lot of good content. Uh, you all know where to follow us, Jags Den Podcast on Twitter, at the Jaguars Wire for the Jaguars Wire. And, of course, you can follow me at SportsGrind underscore Don. And shout-outs to Jacob, too, by the way. Yeah, Jacob was able to uh, come out yesterday and, and hang out with us at training camp. We were out there losing weight and sweating <laughs> sweating for a good two, three hours. So, But it was still, still a good time. And, obviously, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Stitcher, tune in, <clears throat> excuse me, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as on the Audio Boom Network, which is uh, USA Today has added us to to that, which is always very awesome. But Jay Leal, just as you had alluded to, we have attended training camp here these last couple of days, and a couple things have stood out that we're going to get into here this afternoon, and a little, uh, just some quick hits um, about today, of course, Jalen Ramsey, brand new father, uh, show, showed up to uh, to training camp. So it was great to have him back, showing up in all of his extraness, um, just completely decked out in Gucci. As <laughs> <Right. always. clears throat> and we wouldn't expect any less from from King Jalen showing up here. He's definitely not not going to show up quietly. So it was uh, awesome <laughs> to see him. Um, also, the Jaguars have signed offensive lineman Michael Dunn. And waived injured offensive lineman Brandon Thomas. If he does clear waivers, the Jaguars are expected to place him on injured reserve. And uh, today, practice was moved from this morning, which it had been going from 10.30 to 1 p.m. Uh, it was moved to 2.30 to 5 p.m., but it was rained out. Well, at least the public was kicked out due to lightning in the area. So we'll briefly talk about um, standouts that we saw today. Jay, we had a pretty pretty much a front row seat there. Um, it was pretty nice to see the offense and the defense right up close as opposed to yesterday where they were on the far two fields. They were um, right up here on the main field um, right next to the bleachers, and we had a pretty up close and personal look. Did anything that you saw in the brief time that we were there stand out today? Uh, no, I mean, a lot of what we already knew, um, but we just got to see it firsthand and up close and personal. And by up close, close and personal, I mean within, like, what, 10, 15 yards? So, close yeah. as they'll let us. Close <laughs> right. as they'll allow me, probably. It's probably it's probably my fault. <laughs> so, yeah, that being said, um, you know, I just wanted to take a mental note of, like, the things, um, especially offensively. Uh, when, you, when you're that close, you want to look at, like, the mechanics with Bortles, of course. Right. The things that people have been talking about. Or lack of the, mechanics from Tanner Lee. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> how the spiral was coming out. Um, you know, the crispness of the routes that the receivers were running. Um, and also, like... As um, my nephew Boogie alluded to, like you, you get to see like who who is who has the stature or the size that mm-hmm. you know uh, the measurables say they have, so to speak. So um, that was interesting to see, and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later with Leonard Fournette and some other players. Speaking but, um, of measurables, Leon Jacobs is a tank, um, <laughs> army tank, like regular tank. Remember, you know, he looks like Duke Nukem. He's gi- <laughs> he's huge, dude. He's giant. Also, speaking on. The tightness of spirals. Leonard Fournette throws a horrible football. Yeah. Um, and TJ Yeldon throws a nice tight spiral. So um, I don't think we'll see Leonard Fournette on any trick plays anytime right. soon. Uh, so. If you ever see TJ Yeldon in on goal line, teams already know what's up. To be fair, nobody from LSU can throw the football. So That's true. Not even quarterbacks. <laughs> Not even the quarterbacks. <laughs> That's why DJ Chark fell to us in the second round. So we should be happy about that, really. So. Oh, quick little <laughs> jab at LSU. Sorry about that. Um, anyway. I'm not. 
<laughs> Go dog. <laughs> but yeah, so of course training camps are going on. Always exciting. The turnout has been fantastic. It was less people here today, most likely because of the weather as well as the time change. Right. But the turnouts have been fantastic. Um, I believe they had around four thousand for the season ticket holder event on Saturday night, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great turnout. Um, so which, which is great, you know, especially with the team has a lot of positive momentum going into 2018 and um this is the kind of turnout when the city really gets behind this team they they really get behind it so it was nice to see um so some takeaways excuse me offensively we're just going to run down them and then jay wants you to to speak on them of course it seems like we're having this conversation every training camp blake has looked significantly better and i can i can definitely attest to this too he's 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 looked really good in the couple couple days that i've gotten to see him jay i think this is the third time you've gotten to see him i believe correct right so since um um, since camp started, Leonard Fournette definitely looks noticeably slimmer and is down to 223. And you can definitely see the see the difference. He looks a lot a lot quicker, just a lot smaller bursts, which is great. The receivers are standing out. Um, they're they're going to have a hard decision to make, and we're going to talk about maybe some players that might be on the bubble and some good players might not make this team. Um, oh yeah. So sure. the receivers are looking really solid, and also interesting in the down in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line. Any kind of standouts. Um, well, there have been standouts on both sides of the football there. So we'll start off with the first takeaway on the offensive side. Blake is obviously, this is a big year for him. And this we're year five into this experiment. And, you know, these are things that progress is, is good. We found out that he played most of the year with an injury. He looks healthier. He, he's looking good in practice. What has stood out to you about the boat, BB5? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the first and foremost, I mean, like like I said earlier, is the spiral is tighter. Yep. Um, and you you can't help but think that that surgery and the injury he was dealing with had something to do with it because mm-hmm. the it's night and day of a difference. Yeah, there's I mean, a good yeah, velocity on the ball. Right, it, right. It does, and, I mean, it good. still has a little bit of a wobble sometimes, mm-hmm. but, like, it's not every pass. It's every other pass. <clears throat> and um, so, yeah, like Phil said, the ball is coming out of his hand cleaner. Um, of course, I mean, his mechanics in terms of footwork and whatnot, you know, it, it's hit or miss. But this year you could tell he went back to California and it's still fresh in his yeah. mind, if you will. Um, so that's good. He, he looks cleaner from a fundamental standpoint. But most importantly um, with with Blake is that he looks more sure of, of himself. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with he's been with Nathaniel Hackett for two yep. years now. I mean, he's really been with Nate Hackett for like three or four mm-hmm. But as his coordinator, they've been together for two years. Um, and if you look, if there was film to look at, per se, of last year's practice, uh, you could tell he was second-guessing himself. You could tell that he didn't want to throw interceptions, even though he was. But he, he had what Marone said fresh in his mind. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we're not going to tolerate you throwing interceptions. And, I mean, when you think about it, it you, you tend to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was the case with him. And, and now... It's a process of him. He doesn't have to think about things. He knows the plays. He knows where the receivers are supposed to be. He knows the concepts, uh, this, that, and the other. And additionally, which we'll talk on later, it helps that the receivers are more experienced too. So, I mean, a lot. I mean, it was a lot of Blake's fault last year, his struggles in the preseason. But when you look at the fact that now he has receivers that aren't rookies, mm-hmm. basically like last year with Cole and Didi Westbrook, yep. they know where to be now. Yep. So, like – you get Rashad Green back. Right, right. Know. And you could tell, like, they got a chemistry. <clears throat> He's a veteran. But now Blake also doesn't have to worry about telling them where to go in, right. worried about if they're going to be in the right spot. So it's it's a lot less to, to worry about. And it's just a smooth transition in, in general when it comes to, like, the plays and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of – and these, these are little things, but even in his body language, he does look a lot more relaxed. And right. this is why the team – did not bring in competition, I feel like, because if you want him to feel loose, you want him, and the team, especially that locker room, believes in him. Right. And I think you're kind of starting to see that. And honestly, I I hope he starts playing with a little bit more of, of a swagger and, and confidence in this whole Blake Bortles facts thing. I hope he kind of like plays into it a little bit. I would love to see him be a little bit more um a little bit just more cocky you know he to to fit in line with the rest of this team i think would be a very very good thing so blake has definitely i mean in in the chances we've gotten we've gotten to see him 
it's looking it's, it's trending positively and I, I obviously we hope for a success because we we don't want Blake Bortles facts to go away and we want to win a Super Bowl so. on, the, on the arrogance <laughs> thing too yeah and we do not want <clears throat> no. Mike to go away at all uh, he's the reason why we, we yeah, Bridgewater we, facts isn't as catchy no no but yeah, on the air, Kessler thing, facts. Man, like, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I want to see more of that out of him too. Because yeah. I don't know what play it was. It was last year. It was at home. Uh, he hit a spin move on somebody and ran a DB over. And he looked the DB up and down. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's who I want to yeah. see my quarterback. It was like, yeah. I mean, if I recall, Blake used to be a linebacker in high school. Or, yeah, he's got the he's, he's huge. Right. I mean, he's six five. And when he ran that defensive back over, it's like when he looked at him and said what he said to him, it's like he took on the mentality of a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I want out of my quarterback. A guy that looks at somebody, look, I'll run you over if I got to. I ain't one of these soft behind quarterbacks that right. you see every day. Yeah. And um I could also pass it on U F D B or run the ball or whatever the case may be. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to see more of that out of Blake. Yep. Absolutely. Well, we will continue to track Blake's progress, and of course, we look forward to hopefully seeing a much better preseason outing than we did last year. Because people forget we're a year removed from Chad Henney almost taking his job, and he, <laughs> had, a, he, he had a good season, and and uh, the team has gone all in on BB five. So, next topic what we we mentioned here, Leonard Fournette definitely looks noticeably slimmer. He's down to two hundred twenty three pounds, which is the lightest he's been since he was the star running back at St. Augustine High School in New Orleans back in 2013 so we're talking five years um he weighed in at 240 pounds at last year's scouting combine so getting down to 223 isn't necessarily as big of a weight loss as it sounds but he says that he's been uh drinking a lot more um he had been drinking a lot more water which which contributed to that 240 weigh-in and he did play at 228 last year as a as a rookie so but as we mentioned he definitely looks like there's a, a a a spring and a step. He looks like uh, yeah. they're, they're definitely more burst, and I'm excited to see what that leads to. So, what do you think this the slimmer version of Leonard Fournette's gonna gonna look like? Yeah, well, first I want to say like in terms of how he looks for to kind of paint a picture for the fans out there. It's like I mean when you look at it, I mean of course he he doesn't look tiny up top. Mm-hmm. No, no. But he does look noticeably slimmer up top. Mm-hmm. But it's healthier. Think, think of a yeah a leaner top a leaner build in terms yeah. of yeah muscle mass and you know the the neck area pectoral area he's slimmer up there but you look at the legs the he's thighs still, got, still there <laughs> he's still got like i think it was the jaguars legs. instagram that like put out a post it was like quad goals yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah i saw that so yeah they so got that's that still there don't worry about that um yeah. so if yeah if you gotta run over somebody that's still there um and he he did say um, when people asked him about him losing the weight and whatnot, he did come out and say, like, you know, I did this to help myself, to better myself in terms of, um, you know, like the yards per carry. He didn't say that, but in a roundabout way, he wants to get his YPC up, of course, mm-hmm. because it was 3.9 last year, which, I mean, me and Phil and Jacob have talked about this. That could be better, and it will be better now that he's slimmer. Um, but what I, I think he's shooting for with his weight loss is especially um, more – breakout runs because he didn't have like other than like the one against the Rams and um it was another he had a couple of against Pittsburgh like right. not huge runs but like you know solid runs and- right and I mean he showed he showcased his speed in those like he hit the fastest top speed of any yeah the, in those. the Rams game right right the Rams mm-hmm. and the Pittsburgh Steelers one yeah he, that was oh, the yeah, number yeah, yeah. one and two in the NFL so it wasn't like he was slow to no. begin with but I think he wants to. He wants he more can be agility. Faster. Yeah. yeah, he wants more agility. He can be more faster. He wants more breakout runs. And like I said, that'll come. And uh, do you think this? Any of this has to do with just kind of the longevity of his career as well? I mean, yeah. the running back. Yeah. Their teams get rid of running back. Look at Le'Veon Bell, yeah. who's maybe the best back in the league, and the Steelers are ready to just be like, all right, well, you know, yeah, that's you can go. absolutely good point, <laughs> man. Because I mean, well, for him. Putting all of that pressure, he he has a history of LBIs, which is lower body injuries. And for him to be a heavy guy, like the less weight on the ankles, the, yep. the less weight on the knees, uh, that, that helps you prevent, you know, ankle injuries. That helps you prevent ACL injuries. So that probably has a lot to do with it, too. I mean, not it's not like we're saying he lost 20 pounds or anything, yeah. but a five-pound difference is, is a significant difference in the NFL. So. Now, I know when you attended a, uh, a few weeks ago – it was just rookies, right? There weren't the veterans weren't there, or was it the full? The full no, team? it was it was um, it was everybody. Yeah, it was everybody. Okay, it now did you see camp. MJD spending any time with Fournette? Because 
MJD is probably my favorite Jaguar player of all time, and we ran him into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we really didn't have a choice. But right. I mean, just looking at the history of how this team uses running backs, do you think maybe I don't even know if they had any conversation or anything? But like, I mean, Satan Leonard can probably see how things have worked out, and like, hey, I need to take care, take better care of myself if I want to be here for a while. Yeah, I mean, I've never seen them interact, but they no. have. I mean, and they, uh, from what I gather and what we've seen on like NFL Network, they yeah. have a good relationship and whatnot. And I'm sure that's something that um, that MJD has expressed to him, because despite how much we ran MJD into the ground, the coaches, uh, I remember the running back coach at the time, Kennedy Pola, he stressed to Maurice every time. I remember reading it or seeing it in documents, like, hey man. Be selective. This is his exact quote. Be selective of the punishment you deal out today. Yeah. Because MJD, like, and of course the rules were different. Then. Mm-hmm. You could run over people and this, that, and the other. And like, you you wanted contact back then. But he told him to be selective of the, the punishment you were dealing out. And at that point, you know, you could realize, like, hey, MJD going down the wrong path. Like, he, you know, he a little too physical to last yeah. past 30. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure what he Kennedy didn't. Pola taught him. Is the same thing he's echoing in Leonard. Yeah. I mean, and and I'm sure even Nate Hackett, Nate Hackett, he said it this year actually when um they reported for camp on Thursday, was it Wednesday or it, it was Thursday. before then actually yeah. he um in a press conference he said that hey look I've told Leonard Fournette you know he needs to be selective of of taking all these hits and whatnot because you know we want him to be here for a while. So that being said, um I think. You know, they've been stressing that, not just MJD, but the coaching staff. Even Marone probably had said something to him, despite the physical nature of Marone and the team. But they do know that he is their key in terms of offensive weaponry. He's the key for them to get to the Super Bowl. Yep. And they need him to play in more games than he has in the past. I mean, this dates back to when he was in college. You know, he's never really finished a full season. Yeah. And he needs to get to – I mean, I know it's a lot to ask for him to play all 16 games, but he needs to get to as close to that as possible. Yeah. And we'll see if he can this year and if the weight helps that. Um, but, yeah, that has probably definitely been something that uh, MJD, the coaches, and people around him has stressed to him. Absolutely. And this, of course, staying with the offensive weapon side, the wide receivers are definitely standing out. Specifically, um, now the last couple of days that we attended, Dante Moncrief and Marquise Lee were both out nursing undisclosed injuries. But um, the receiver core is looking very solid. And Shane Wynn even had a nice catch today um, lining up against Jalen. Jalen slipped, but still, <laughs> it still, still looked really good. Um, and just as you mentioned before, Blake just seems to have this chemistry with them that he hasn't had in the in the past which is going to hopefully play out very very well this season um keelan cole is getting praise from prisco and and all these other people about possibly being yeah possibly being this this next big thing and he's definitely shown that in in practice so who specifically on the receiving core is is really standing out and, and i feel like even though marquise is being paid like the number one they're going to put whoever's going to be the most productive at that spot at the at the one and two spot. I mean, who do you think is can maybe come come gunning for those spots right now? Right now, I mean, if if I don't I don't think that's the case. By the way, mm-hmm. I think they're going to start him regardless. Um, but next year, a whole different story. Me and yeah. talked about it. But um, yeah, I mean, if that were a situ- were the situation, Keelan Cole absolutely deserves to be in Marquise Lee's place right now as we yeah. speak as the number one. Um, and then maybe, yeah, maybe Moncrief still at two because he would complement Cole speed yep. with the the wingspan, size radius, mm-hmm. the catchability. So I think, like, yeah, today if we if I was the coach, those would be my two starters. Yep. And, it, I mean, more so if you put Marquise Lee from the one and move him into the slot, I think Marquise Lee could do more damage in the slot. And not, that's not to say that Cole can't do a lot of damage in the slot and it looks like – that might be the case where they might use him this year. Right. But the thing about Lee is he's experienced in the slot. Lee's experienced everywhere. So he's more natural to it than Cole. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the, the slot is something Cole has to learn. Yeah. And by putting him at one or two, you know, you allow him to do what he can do best, and you can allow Marquise Lee to do something that he's good at. So, I mean, that, that's how I would do it. Was It would be Lee, or should I say Cole, Moncrief one and two, Lee in the slot, DD four, 
um, probably Rashad Green or Chark. Yeah, Chark. 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 <laughs> Chark and Rashad Green in that in that uh, special in that team order. role. Maybe so, I mean, God, yeah. we have so many receivers, and didn't even mention Shane Wynn and Jadon Mickens and yeah, Alan Lazard and. But uh, yeah, in terms of like who's standing out now, I mean, it's crazy because I'm not to say Moncrief's not standing out, but the other guys are standing out more than Moncrief and Lee, the ones that are supposed to be the one and two the most experienced. And that being said, like you can tell that Blake Bortles has been with Rashad Green for an extensive amount of years. Yeah. Like they got that bond, you know, when they have that Came chemistry. In the same same draft, right? Yeah. So I mean, like like Pete Prisco said, Rashad Green. If we being honest, he looked the best of all the receivers yeah. in minicamp, and that that has kind of transferred. I won't say he's looked the best now in training camp, but he does look among the top. If we're gonna be honest about mm-hmm. it, so um, Rashad Green. He's been killing it. Um, as I said, Moncrief has looked good in spurts as well. Um, Lee, you know, I need to see a little more out of him personally. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, again, like, we, I guess we got to give him a little time. But uh, Dee Westbrook, again, another guy we mentioned in minicamp when I went to the practice. He's laying out for catches. And he's making if, – if we're talking about the highlight catch guy, he's the high, yeah. highlight catch guy. So, Dee Westbrook has looked good. And um, DJ Chark. Who we saw today and we saw yesterday, even though they was on the far field yesterday. Uh, DJ Chark is a guy that he's been. He and Kessler good. have been yeah linking up a lot. Yep, and he, I mean, that guy is going to get Kessler a job as our number two quarterback. Yeah. So, um, you know, you could tell that Chark is still a rookie. Some things to learn. You could tell that the Jag staff knows that they're not going to rush him into the role of yeah. the number one and two. Um, but something that I just wanted to say is like me and Phil talked about this. I think in year two of this or next year in 2019, I think our starters is DJ Chark and Keelan Cole. Yeah. And they're basically grooming uh, Chark to be in that role. I mean, and they're kind of grooming Cole as well, but Mm -hmm. he's experienced now. And um, I think those two guys are probably going to be starting alongside Blake if he continues yeah. the path that he's down and, and Leonard. And, and Marquise and, and Moncrief, they may, we'll see how the season pans out, but Moncrief right. is most likely a rental, a one-year one one stopgap guy. Yep. Perfect um, way to put it. So, we will. Um, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of them to go around. So I mean, the as far as as far as the uh, the wide receivers and just to kind of going off topic a little bit for those of you thinking that maybe Kessler is going to surpass Blake at any point in in this preseason, it's not going to happen. Uh, Blake is the starter. <laughs> Cody Kessler is is definitely the backup. So and it's not, it's, uh, it's definitely not Tanner Lee either. He may not even. We'll get to that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for the next for the next topic, this will kind of cross over offensively and and both def- defensively. That's down in the trenches. The D line obviously has a lot of uh, a lot of eyes on them with those with those four guys up front, and not even mentioning the the people that are going to rotate out and Aubrey Jones and rookie Taven Bryan and and all those guys. So who's going? Who has stand uh, stood out? Thus far on, on both sides of, of the line, of course, Norwell coming in and a lot of eyes on Cam Robinson, seeing what kind of leaps he's going to take in the second in, in his second year. Mm-hmm. Who has stood out that down there in the trenches, as they say? Yeah, that's who I want to talk about first is Cam. And I, I mean, kill a Cam. Of, <laughs> it's kind of hard. <laughs> we should give him. Man, <laughs> we should make shirts for USA Today. Hey. Actually, Jewel But anyway, yeah, Cam was the first person that came to mind when you mentioned this. Um, and Mike K kind of brought it to my attention yesterday. Since the pads have gone on, I mean, because granted, when the pads are off, the the defensive lineman and the offensive lineman can't really stand out because mm-hmm. they just really pushing and shoving each other. You know what I'm saying? They can't make like crazy amount of contact yep. and nothing like that. So, uh, yeah, Cam, since the pads have gone on, he looks like a totally different animal. He looked like he going to take that jump as a second-year offensive tackle, which to me, I've always thought it takes at least three years for mm-hmm. an offensive tackle to get things down. But he looks like, at least for now, that he's poised to make that step early or earlier than most should. I mean, this, that's a guy that was a second-round pick that should have went in the first. But character concerns, of course, yeah. pushed him back. Um, but obviously the Jaguars knew his value. Mm-hmm. They knew he was a first round pick. They traded up to get him, even though it was one spot. But they they didn't want to risk that. You know, right. they didn't want to risk the Seahawks taking him. Mm-hmm. So they did that, and he looks like the guy they think he could be. So um, that being said, I mean, we got to see. You know, when training camp comes, to, uh, not training camp, but uh, 
the preseason comes through and how he looks against like the Vikings and all of that. Yeah. You know, they're gonna go down there and practice with them. But um right now he looks poised to make another step. He's been solid in both like run blocking drills and pass blocking drills, which is you know, that's the key that I've taken away from him. Um, especially like it looks like and in some drills, you can see that he kind of closing the gap between him and Yannick. Mm-hmm. If you will, that's a good. I mean, because Yannick is a Pro Bowler, yeah, almost all Pro. If we being honest, should you know. be a top twenty. Yeah, exactly, player. He, he should be. A lot of people should rank him slightly above Joey Bosa, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But that's another story. He wasn't the same time. draft. But yeah, I mean, he's doing a very good job. That's a good way to look at how his progress is going. He's doing a good job against Yannick, and of course, Yannick is gonna make plays on it. Yeah, I mean, he's a, again he a Pro Bowler. And what better way to get better than right. than to play, go up against this D line? Right. You know. So I mean, you can tell they got a little bit of a friendly rivalry yeah. going on. They don't hate each other or nothing like that. But um, you can tell that he's using him as a, a guideline of where I need to be, right. and um, we'll see like if it continues, but. Um, him and speaking of that, Yannick has also looked good. Um, he looks like the guy that's gonna take that step. Um, Mike K pointed out in practice, the Saturday practice, the first padded practice, that he looked good. He looked better in terms of a run defender, and that's never been his bread and butter. Uh-huh. Um, so in the one-on-one run drills, he looks better in that, which that's good because that's the element of the game that he needs to work on. Which he'll never really be. I mean, you look, you look at his size; he'll never yeah. really be a a perfect run defender, but yeah. if he could get a little better in it, mm-hmm. that'll help him make just be, steps. Just be mediocre, and then right. it'll be fine. Right. It's, you been, know? it's been plenty of pass rushers that sucked against the run yeah. that have got higher praise than Yannick. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Robert Mathis is a guy that he, he was trash against yeah, the run, no, in yeah. my opinion. But um, that being said, yeah, Yannick, uh, Robinson, who else is standing out? Um, Tatum Bryan. Bryan had a couple of standout yeah. plays today, just yeah. wrapping up guys, just He's a big body. You know? yeah. He's a big. He's a big dude. So, and what um, we're out there, they good. use him at end, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were using him at strong side. Um, which for people that don't know, that's the side that the right side where the ball is ran the most, where you need a bigger body at yeah. to stop the run, if you yep. will. Where Calais plays a lot, mm-hmm. but the thing is, Calais is gonna have to move in in the inside on right. passing plays. So. That's going to be Brian's spot, especially with Dante Fowler hurt now. Yeah. They normally and go with, with the two. suspension. Right. So, like, they got to. So, he's going to get to play right off the bat. Like, exactly. In important snaps in that first game. Right. And he'll have his, he'll have his opportunity mm-hmm. uh, very oh, often and very early. Yeah. So, so. Um, that that's that. Um, Like I said, like Phil said, he will have a lot of opportunities. Um, on third downs, for those who watch film, if you notice, they use two light defensive ends. Now Taven Bryant can come on on the strong side, right. and they can you know be better against the run if that happens. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of good looks, a lot of play time uh, during the preseason and and during training camp, and I'm excited to see uh, where it goes with him. So yeah, those were the guys that I took note to. Like you said, you know, the, what a better way for the offensive line to get better than to go up against this defense, you know? So it's it's nice to see that there are standouts on both sides of the football. And then transitioning into the defense, as we mentioned before, uh, Braun Strowman is now playing Sam, Lim- Sam Linebacker <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, also known as Leon Jacobs. Uh, absolute just brick house, dude. He's, he's, he's freaking massive, man. Like, we were even joking about it, like, because, you know, they were reporting like, oh, it's interesting that he's taking taking starting reps at Sam linebacker, and we were like, I wonder if he just lined up and nobody had the courage to tell him, <laughs> hey, you're not on the first team, <laughs> but nobody wanted to tell him. <laughs> like, I mean, he is like I said, he physically, he's he's you know, he, he, <laughs> as advertised is right. the word I was looking for. <laughs> um, I think you said like he was benching like 250 in like high school or something I'm like that. Like, like, like I mean, or 230 or something ridiculous, dude. bro. But <laughs> he definitely looks the part, and we we saw him out there with Miles and and Taven and and um, some other first teamers taking reps. And so, what do you think about them throwing him right into? It? I mean, the IQ obviously has to be high, and mm-hmm. it needs to match his physical ability. So if right. they're putting him in there right now, then they got to have pretty high praise for him. Yeah, it's, that situation is crazy because when. Uh, when they were going through the whole OTA phase and minicamp phase, Blair Brown was taking steps. Right. We thought, and he, I mean, we thought he he was poised enough, and he, you know, that he would probably end up doing it in training camp too, going with the ones. But um, along the lines of that, somewhere 
the from what I read in here, the Jacksonville Jaguars basically saw that Leon Jacobs was killing it in the classroom. Uh, of course, he has the physical ability. He's played Sam before and a bunch of other positions in Wisconsin, so that helped. So, um, and, and uh, one thing about it is that Jacobs has more of a physical uh, presence, mm-hmm. if you will, for the Sam linebacker position. Like you just said, I mean, we just talked about it. As opposed to if you compare him, if you put him side by side with Blair Brown, you, I mean, you can see it's like an yeah. obvious difference in stature. I mean, Blair Brown, if you will, is more of a weak side linebacker like Telvin. He's got that kind of Telvin-like yeah. figure. And as a matter of fact, today, I don't know if you noticed, but um, when Telvin was out or whatever, I don't know what happened with Telvin. I'll have to read more into that. But um, he was taking snaps with the ones in his place, weak side linebacker Blair Brown was. Mm. So that goes to show you that he's more of a – they at least think he's more of a weak side guy yeah. than a strong side guy. So um, that's that's very good for Leon Jacobs, though. Um, that's a guy that when we drafted him, I was telling Phil that I was excited about him because of his diversity. He played so many games. Um, I think he played the most college games of anybody in the draft last year, which was like I think 57 or something hmm. like that. So he has experience. Like I said, it's just a matter of that he was raw, which Phil said. Um, and it's, I mean, but the, the thing about it, you can make up for that because at Sam linebacker, he's only going to be on the field 30% of the time. Yeah. And, and if he's, you know, one of those, one of those big tape guys, he's going to pick it up quickly. If they, right. if they, if they liked him that much and feel like he's ready to go with the starters, then, you know, right. he, right. he's, he'll catch up very quickly. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to be there for first and second downs. I mean, because of the way the Jazz operate, they put a nickel or something on the yeah. field on third down anyway. So, I mean, and a lot of it might have to do with what Miles Jack and Telvin think. You know, maybe they've been praising this kid, too, or, or they think highly of him. So, that being said, um, it's good to see Leon Jacobs out there. It's even more impressive to see somebody that was taken in the seventh round out there with the starters, which is crazy. Yeah. Man. Even though he should have been a fourth-round pick, yep. clearly. Um, but uh, that being said, I think the future could be bright for him. Of course, we got to see more in training camp. But um, what better? And just like Taven, yeah, just like Taven and Ronnie, like what a great, a great system for them to fall into. What a great right. situation, right. I should say. Um, and you know, of course, speaking on the uh, some of the most important pieces of that defense, Yannick Ngakwe. Of course, there was a lot made of his top 100 listing, and people thinking he should be. Much higher, which of course we support here at the Jaguars Wire. That's comical. Um, <laughs> that guy uh, looking to make looking to make the next step, and he's obviously just you know business as usual for him at here at training camp. He's right. standing out as he has been since since day one. And uh, I don't know how we feel about UJ, but with a, with more spotlight on the team this year, I, I, come come this time next year, everyone in the league will know who this guy is. He yeah. will not, and, and they'll not be pronouncing his name correctly, as well. <laughs> people, people will know how to say Yannick Ngakwe. He's going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to make a tremendous leap in that top 100. And um, yeah, yes, he's not the best in in the run, but the way he's able to get to the quarterback and also just get get the football out of quarterback's hands, he's going to be all over the place this next season. So, what have you seen out of Yannick? Is is um, as far as making that next step into uh, here in 2018? Yeah, he, he is. Um, you could definitely tell. Uh, I think the big thing with him is he knows he's coming up on a contract year because mm-hmm. he'll be eligible. Get that money. Right. Him and Jalen, <laughs> you know. But, um, of course, Jalen had to tend to his family. So, that you know, that's that's understandable. Mm-hmm. But Yannick, you, I mean, and he's always had the right mindset, even when contract terms had nothing to do with it. Yep. Okay. He's always had that mindset of, I'm going to come in here and dominate whoever it is. I'm going to get better. Like I said, with him and Cam Robinson, you could tell that, you know, in his mind, he could see that Cam's kind of catching up with him. He's like, hey, look, man, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, a, it's a constant battle out there. So uh, he's always had that mentality. Um, you know, the technique still looks clean and crisp, as we t- said in the tweet. We talked about that. Um, and he's a guy that's probably going to take that next step. At least I think he will. Uh, he, he probably will end up, in my opinion, he's a guy that can end up with 15 to maybe 16 sacks. Yeah. And then after that, it wouldn't be surprising to see him work his way up to being a 20 sack guy, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, yeah, throw all the run game stuff out. All he needs to do is go out there and get the quarterback. Yeah, just, go get the, just go get the quarterback. And um, I'm sure he thinks a lot about 
a lot about um, that the fact that Joey Bosa was you know the main guy in that yeah. draft. He won. I mean, he went two rounds later. You know, I'm sure he thinks about that all the time. And he's and there was I, I did hear reports that that is who the Jaguars were interested in um, was Joey Bosa at that time. But we, you and I talk about this all the time, Jay. Is we basically got Joey Bosa in the third round, right? So minus all the, I mean, he don't get as many tackles, of course. But mm-hmm. look, man, that that, uh, that at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. Yannick Ngakwe does the most important thing for this defense, and that's make turnovers, cause yep. turnovers. Okay, and that's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. So, so we're very excited to see him to continue to trend upward. And um, you know, training camp is all about opportunity for a lot, for a lot of people. And of course, Jalen was out um, celebrating the the birth of his brand new baby girl and that led to um some other players taking advantage of that specifically tyler patman just making uh the most of Jalen ramsey's uh, absence so what did you see out of him i mean he was looking good um even um and some of the other dbs just taking advantage of that extra time that you know of course Jalen would have would have occupied um and Jalen is definitely back now <laughs> he just he just has an aura about him you know as soon as yeah, he showed man. up we were like oh okay <laughs> Like he but, stepped right to the front of the line yeah. and drills today. Yep. Like, so no offense, get out of the way, guys. I got it. Um, but as, as far as you know, DJ DJ Hayden had an interception uh, yesterday. Picked off uh, picked off Blake. The only interception Blake threw yesterday mm-hmm. on the f- one year anniversary of his five interception right. <laughs> training camp. Progress, baby. So <laughs> looking good, Blake. Um, but what did you see out of Tyler Patman and anybody else on the on the, uh, you know of course after, after losing Aaron Colvin, who I was a mm-hmm. huge fan of. Um, who is going to be see anybody standing out and being able to take the place of the? I mean, Colvin had great production last year, so right. who's going to be that third guy, right. third, fourth, fifth guy in the in the defensive backfield that you saw? Yeah, man, Patman. I I love Tyler Patman mm-hmm. game, even dating back to last year. Um, you can the reports say he was always around the ball, and now that I actually because I spent time at home that year because I was that was when I first got occupied with the Jaguars wire. So I was like, I'll stay home this year and write and focus on writing. But this year I've got I've gotten the chance to see him in person and what they were talking about last year and he is as advertised. He's always me and you've seen him. He's always around the ball and if yeah. he ain't around the ball he a step off, just barely a step off. He's a nuisance, if you will, yeah. to to receivers. Like receivers, I mean it looks like he gets on their nerves, even though yeah. that's their teammate and they understand what's going on. But, um, yeah, man, Patman definitely deserves to make this team. Um, he's not a fluke. You can argue Patman, if you're talking about practice players, he, he's probably their best practice player in terms of making plays, uh, if you're looking at this year and last year. Uh, so he's a guy that, like, even Marone, you know, gave him kudos. And, I, I, I mean, they are deep at the cornerback position in terms of, like, they're gonna to have to weed out some people, but there is no way he he gets cut. You can't no, cut him. No, he, he's not going anywhere. Right. So I mean, which we'll talk about later on, like who he's outperforming and who could get cut in his place. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with him, um, and I think I think that he should have been a starting nickelback personally. But they signed Hayden. Um, it looks like they are all in on letting Hayden be the yeah. nickelback for this year at least. Um, we'll see about next year. And, um, I mean, that's not to say Hayton's look bad. He made some plays, like Phil has said. Um, and he's a guy, you know, he, he's fitting in uh, with the guys. And uh, I, I think, you know, he can make some noise with a better – Hayden is going to be about him playing with a better front. Uh-huh. I mean, the Jaguars front four, second and none. Um, and I think, like, a lot of Hayden struggled last year. I think on PFF he had, like, a 50 or something. And people were like, ugh. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, but, I mean. Yeah. It's, this is a whole different. With. Yeah. Like, all the talent around him, he should be fine. Yeah. And you can understand. And you can, now, you can mask those things when you have, uh, obviously, when you have, um, you know, solid talent elsewhere. Right. You can right. cover that stuff up. So, yeah. I mean, he should be fine. And. He's well. I mean, if you look at what's around him, he should play to the sixteen million that he's guaranteed. Yeah. Of course, like he can get that all in one year, but um, you can see why the Jags went ahead and pulled the trigger on him, despite like what we've heard in the PFF grade. Yeah. So I expect decent things out of him. Yeah, it's it's really nice to see um, seeing Patman stand out and just another. I mean, just just another. Just bevy of we- adding to the bevy of weapons that they have right. already. Ronnie Harrison has been impressing. Gip has been very, very uh, happy with his production. And man, right. <laughs> I just really don't understand. I, I get 
national pundits still not being on board with the team because of Blake. I, I totally get it. But to to feel like that the defense, to just totally disregard the defense just baffles me. Right. Like when I think it was Cowherd who was on saying that the team will, might finish third in the division and lose to Indy twice. <laughs> yeah, well, he's a big Andrew Luck. You know, um, with, with him – and then also Deshaun and Deshaun Watson hasn't even I man I, we, you and I are huge fans of Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if he can get through a whole season. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, man, you've talked about this, and I've wrote it on on Jaguars. Why? Yeah, they added some offensive linemen, but I mean, like you look on PFF, the, none of these guys had more than the sixty nine. So they added some mid tier talent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even um, I forget the guard's name they added, but he hasn't been very good at all. So I mean. Yeah, their offensive line will be better. By the way, they were the worst offensive line in the league, according to PFF. And, I mean, if we just doing an eye test, they were the worst. I mean, they gave up 10 sacks yeah. to us. I mean, so. I mean, Six, and, like five of them to Calais. And, like. and Col- the Colts might be a close second. Yeah. If we, you know, but uh, both of those teams, they have improved their if offensive If anything, line, Tennessee but, doesn't get enough. Isn't getting enough credit. I mean, right. I, I can't stand them. They're the worst franchise in the NFL. But, but <laughs> yeah, Taylor the one. I mean, is a very good. Yeah, yeah I mean, what what if anything, why are we talking about those other teams and not Jacksonville and, and Tennessee? This the team that just is always a thorn in our side, man. I don't. Right. I don't I mean, they have to be. They have to split at least. They have to at least split with Tennessee this year. They cannot be swept by by Tennessee because if they play again in the first round, who knows what happens? I mean. There, there is, there is definitely a lot of truth to having a mental edge in sports, and to have that team come in very confident, probably just coming mm-hmm. off just beating you in Week right. Seventeen, where you did not look good whatsoever, and and really they kind of stumbled and they kind of puttered into the playoffs. Obviously, they had a great playoff run, right. but they didn't finish the season strong right. um, with that San Francisco game and then the Tennessee game. So who knows what would happen if we had played Tennessee right. again? But yeah, you're right. I mean, from yeah. that perspective, if the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or, I mean, if you you got to crown the Jaguars the king of the AFC South because they won it last yep. year. You have to. Okay, so if the Titans are a team that beat them twice and the team that's a thorn in their sides, and it's, a lot of it has to do with with Blake. Mm-hmm. Blake struggles against them. They yeah. know Blake. They struggles. know how to. They know yeah. how to play Blake. They've seen him so many times. But um, that being said, yeah, the Titans deserve. It, as much as it pains me to they say They deserve that. more credit than they're getting because no right. one's talking about them. And that's right. probably how they like it. I mean, and like Cowherd got the nerve to say it. Like I say, he's an Andrew Luck stand, I guess, or whatever. But for him to say that, like, they can't even – the Colts can't even see the Titans if we being honest. No. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and – uh, Andrew Luck that, just started throwing a regular football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not a high school. Uh, yeah, not yeah. Or, or a Nerf ball, <laughs> a real football. He just started throwing one. Yeah, so with the Colts, I mean, yeah, they they and they did a better job. I will give them credit to that. They did a better job of retooling their offensive line as opposed to what the Texans added. Mm-hmm. But still, man, like people forget that um, Ryan Griggs and their GM prior to this GM screwed that team up. Bad. Yeah, like that's what I keep pointing. At. Yeah, they they are a team that they really. I mean, aside from the offensive line and Luck and Ty Hilton, they don't have a lot of talent. No, like. What, if for Kyle Hurd to say that, what defense is gonna, what coach defense is gonna stop the Jags? No. And the Jags offense isn't, you know, ain't even the best unit on the team. So like, what did, what about that defense makes him believe that they could stop the Jags? Even if it was about offensive firepower, they don't even have the defense to stop us. They couldn't stop us from running the ball. Nope. I mean, T.J. Yeldon had a field day on him. I remember he had what he had a fifty yarder or yeah, something on because he but... was he hadn't played all year so right. he was fresh. <laughs> he was fresh. you know we didn't even need Fournette yeah. to beat him you know what I'm saying Fournette was on the sidelines that's when he had messed up his ankle in, uh, with the Chargers against yeah. the Chargers or whatever or the Rams I'm sorry should I say so yeah like I don't get the hype that those two teams are getting over the Jaguars but um we'll see man I mean the Texans definitely will be better. And the whole division will be better, but I think, um, and not just being biased, I think we got what it takes to. Well, I mean, honestly, this really just comes, I, I, this has so much to do with Blake, to mm-hmm. be honest. If it weren't for Blake, then people wouldn't be talking yeah, about it that way. So if Vegas if too. Blake comes out, yeah, if Blake comes out and, and does his thing and is just, you know has a solid year, I mean, everyone will shut up. It's okay. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, used to, we're used to this, so, but the thought of... <laughs> 
people taking Indy and and I understand a little bit more like Houston, but those me too. No, it's it's Jacksonville and it's Tennessee and everybody else. So, <laughs> but yeah, right. you know, um, of course with camp, you know, there are people out there, there there are guys out there just you know trying to just just trying to make the team, and there are some players that are out on the bubble that it's it's not not looking good necessarily because not necessarily because of their performance, but just because. The locker room is too full, you know. Right. So who is going to yeah. be? Who are some players on, that are on the bubble that we we may not even see on the fifty three man roster when it's all said and done? Yeah, the two that stick out in my mind, um, of course, is Jadon Mickens and Jalen Myrick, and uh, especially in Mickens' case, because uh, he made plays when we were there. It's not, it's not like Mickens is still, you know, not catching punts and, mm-hmm. uh, or should I say, muffin punts, and mm-hmm. it's not like he's struggling as a receiver. It's just that they're deep there, and there are players that have outperformed him yeah. that that get more play time. And a classic case of that is Rashad Green. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so I mean, we talked about there that. last year, right? Rashad Green has been with Blake for three, four years, and it shows. And that's not Mickens' fault. You know what I'm saying? No. It's just this. It's a simple fact that Mickens he lost the whole of the starting position as a punt returner last year. And sometimes in the NFL, you can't get those opportunities back. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, two muff punts is all this guy did. Yeah. He doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, on a regular team, he would still be starting as a punt returner. But the Jaguars are so plentiful at right receiver and special teams. And I think you can make the argument that, especially in the NFL, that the team will take you not muffing any punts and, and resulting in turnovers over that touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, hang on to the football. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. your whole job. And yeah, pe- people may refer to the the game where he came in and had a solid day at wide receiver, but we didn't have obviously there was no Robinson, there was no Hearns. Obviously, Rashad Green was out, and I think I think every receiver <laughs> got hurt, which is why he had that big game. And it, like I said, it's just a product of people coming back and they're healthy. And DJ Chark is here now, and Rashad Green is here, and Dante Moncrief, and there's just not enough room. Right, yeah. So, I mean, you know, Mickens is having a decent camp. And uh, he's a guy that still could get cut. Um, as a matter of fact, he's talented enough for... Someone will pick him up. Yeah, right. That's what I was about to say. He's talented enough to, like, if he didn't make it in final cut, somebody will pick him up yeah. on the waiver wire. The other guy is Jalen Myrick, who... Uh, he, he really, I'll say it, he struggled in um, minicamp and OTAs from what I hear and what I saw when I was there for the minicamp. Uh, so uh, that being said, again, like it's not a lot of margin of error is the problem because it's so much talent on this team. Yeah. Like you know, they, they a lot of these spots are set. In years past, you know, these guys probably are on the team. Right, right, yeah. Jalen Myrick can go with, out uh, there and get burned with the by, old rosters by DJ Chark in, yeah. in the past and, and still make this team. Yeah. You know, but uh, now the Jaguars can't really go off of hey, we drafted you. And we believe you have talent in the future, even if you're not showing it right now. We're going to hold on to you because you look like a talented player. Right. And we believe they don't have that luxury anymore. Mm-mm. They don't have the roster Can you play starts. or can you not? <laughs> right, exactly. Like, what what makes you better than the person ahead of you? Yep. You know, and that's the case with Jalen Myrick. I mean, yeah, they, they could keep him. But that being said, you look at um, what, like I said, what Patman's doing. Uh, the undrafted guys are, you know, they making plays too. Like, you know, um, Alan Lazard is kind of there. You know, there was a lot of hype around him, about picking him up, undrafted free agent, yeah. and he's just kind of just been there. Right, hasn't really stood that out. Goes back to what we said. They can't just keep you because you're a height, weight, yeah. and speed guy. Like, you got to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and yeah, like I'm Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole went out and got his right. last year. Right, man. Keelan was. Yeah, a lot of people look at what Keelan did last year as like, oh, he was killing it as a deep threat. But it was more to it than that. If you look at the film of Keelan in that Patriots game, it wasn't just the fact that he beat the Patriots defense. He got progressively better as the season went on. Yeah. So much better. You you cut on the special teams film. um, They made a play. I forgot which play it was on the Patriots in the preseason. You cut on the special teams film. Guess who the first person down the field is? It's Keelan. Yeah. So it was. It, he wasn't just bent on. Hey, I need to make this team as a receiver. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I want to play. I want to be on the right. team. Like, I want to be in a just roster. Give me a spot wherever. Yep. You know. So um, yeah. So uh, Myrick is a guy that I'm concerned that probably would get cut. Um, and it doesn't help that he hasn't been really used in special teams in terms of return ability. Right. And this is the what arguably the fastest guy on the team, but 
again, the Jaguars aren't in a situation where they could just take you because of speed. because you're fast. Or because we drafted you. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you got to go out and prove it. And if Patman and and somebody like Quentin Meeks, who went undrafted, is better than you, then it is what it is. Yep. We're going to keep them. So, um, that's where that's a guy that I don't know will make the team unless he makes significant progress yep. in training camp. Yeah, yeah, but of course we have all of preseason to start out, and guys, it's almost here. The football season yes. is almost here. Of course, college football is starting up pretty soon. I believe the Hall of Fame game is Thursday. Thursday. I think it's Thursday night, so it'll be the last or week we go. Like uh, last week we go without football for for a long, long time, and <laughs> it's going to be great, man. So, um, but yeah, guys, hopefully we have we'll have more to to bring you. We're we're expecting to attend both preseason games here. Um, they play New Orleans and Atlanta. And we are fully expecting to be able to attend both of those games. Um, so to bring you, of course, more more up-to-date coverage. Um, if you are in the area, there are still open practices all this week. And Friday is the family night. If you've never been, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's a good opportunity to, to interact with the players. It's And the kids can get autographs. I say kids. I'm out there, too, getting autographs. <laughs> so <laughs> um, if, if you want something signed, that is probably your best opportunity to to do so at these training camps or at family night once again this Friday, I believe at six, yeah, six p.m. Mm-hmm. And then of course we have a first preseason game up against uh, Minnesota yep. in in Mini. Though yeah. those those no, that's the, um, is that the first game? Oh, it's against New Orleans. It's the first one. Okay, so yeah. the second week is then Minnesota, I think, yeah, I and think then I think yeah, I think right. we close with then Atlanta. Then I think we close with Tampa. Right. So, um, but yeah, um, of course those those uh, those games are coming up on the horizon, guys. So please. Make sure you stay tuned to the Jaguars Wire and the Jags Den podcast for all of your up-to-date Jaguars news. Shout out to the uh, the, the people we met out out of the training camp today that that had heard of us, <laughs> recognized the Jaguars Wire. Noise, and, yeah, so progress. So we're uh, making moves, guys. But yeah, Jay, um, any upcoming projects you want to talk about before we we sign out here and and, and um, get out of here for the day? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the last practice I'll probably be able to attend. Um, but we're still going to have coverage on hand. Uh, I'll, I'll have Phil do some scouting and stuff since he's based in Jacksonville here. Uh, so he could probably go to some more practices. And like he said, he's going to the um, the practice Friday, yep. the family night. So we'll, we'll, we'll get some insight from him on that. I'll continue um, with our training camp breakdowns of who looked good and who looked bad day by day. As usual, we're going to keep a close ear out for the press conferences that's going on. Uh, we, we've been getting a lot of uh, good feedback out of those. You know, Jalen Ramsey, I think, had one today. Yep. So we'll, we'll probably get some up on that today. And, um, you know, we, we're just here to provide y'all with the best training camp material and preseason material out there on the market. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to keep at it and we're going to keep working hard. And um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, guys. So, of course, make sure you follow us on on uh, Twitter, Jags and Podcast, The Jaguars Wire. That's on Facebook as well as Twitter, and then iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Audio Boom. Um, me, Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino, of course. Um, me and Eric Cerna are working hard on the Wait for a Podcast. We uh, just recently Jay joined us on that one as well as Jacob. We just recently had a discussion about the rock um that's uh i think a lot of you will be interested in so if you're a big fan of of either wrestling or even any of his movies i think we uh we covered some pretty interesting topics um uh the other day so check that out that's at wait for it pod on twitter and then of course just uh me just hanging out here in, in jacksonville I'm gonna get back in the comedy game soon just kind of been kind of taking it easy hanging out with family and and um enjoying being back so but thank you guys so much for making us the the best Jaguar site on the Jaguar podcast on the airwaves. We are going to keep working hard for y'all. But uh, until next time, we will see you guys. Go Jaguars!